This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. If you were weak in the place of prayer, as others are praying, their prayer kind of gingers you to pray. And by the time you're done, you'll be like, yes, the devil is in trouble. Hallelujah. But after a couple of days, it begins to win. It begins to win. Uh, but I want you to know what the scripture says about you. Uh, Romans chapter 4, please give me in the King James Version. Romans chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. Romans chapter 4, 16 and 17. He said, therefore, it is of faith. It is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. You can read Galatians chapter 3 later on when you get home. He said, not only, uh, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Uh, verse 17 is where I'm going, really. It says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, listen now, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Amen? God calls those things that be not as though they were. This is where we get weary. Because you have prayed and you cannot see it, then you, you, you begin to wane in your faith. What I want to say to you is from now going forward, begin to call those things that be not as though they were. Listen, uh, I encourage you. Have a prayer journal, you know, where you write your own, not somebody's prayer request, but those things that you have prayed for yourself, write them down and begin to call those things that be not as though they were. You begin to declare them by faith and those things that be not, very soon, they begin to appear. Hallelujah. If you believe it, shout a loud Hallelujah. Listen, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, let's do our regular translation here, uh, New Living Translation. I love the way the New Living Translation puts this. Matthew 7, 7. It says, it says what? Let's read it. Don't be afraid. Read it, read it, read it, read it. You are not doing anything bad. Read it. Uh-huh. Keep on Keep on what? Don't be tired of asking. You know, yesterday we went to pick my daughter, uh, told me from school. As soon as she entered the car, the first thing she said, after saying hello, we greeted and everybody hugged and kissed, the first thing she said, Daddy, can we go to McDonald's? Said there's a $3 bundle there, can we go to McDonald's? My wife turned to me and immediately said, Tommy is the only one that asked. And I thought about it, so I said to her, I said, that is true. The twins never ask for anything. And I'm not about to throw money away just for no reason. 
They are grateful. <laughs> as soon as she entered the car, she made a demand. You know what? She understood this is my dad. This is my father. She under, she, so she, she said, I've not eaten all day. Can, Daddy, please, 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 can we go to McDonald's? Guess what we did? We went to McDonald's. <laughs> Hallelujah. So when the Bible says, keep on asking, what the scripture is saying to you is understand that you are asking your father. You're asking, God is never going to get tired of you asking of him stuff. Is there all these things I've been asking? If I go and ask again, go ask. Is your father? And it's, it's, not, it's not limited like me. God is infinite in power, in mercy, infinite in everything. Infinite. There is no limitation on our God. So, that was just extra. <laughs> uh, let, let's get into today's topic now. Uh, I, I, the sermon note is already on the church app uh, if, you, if you have it. And if you don't, please go ahead and uh, download. Uh, if you're an iPhone user, I think after the interruption we had, uh, it messed with uh, the iPhone user. So you might need to reinstall your church app. So I said before I went on my sabbatical leave, which was sabbatical, it was a time of rest, <laughs> I started talking about our core values. That's what I started talking about. And the first one we talked about was the value of work. How many people remember that? We talked about the value of work. Good. So today we're going to continue, and today we're talking about the value of faith. And we're going to take our reading from 1 John chapter 5. Uh, as we read, we're, we're going to use use this to close out uh, our series on uh, the study of the first epistle of John. Like I said before, this epistle was written not to unbelievers. It's not trying to convince sinners of who Jesus is. He's writing to Christians, people that already knew Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and is trying to reinforce their faith in Jesus. It's trying to help them see what the future looks like for them in Christ Jesus, in case they had forgotten. He told them so much about the love of God, that God loves them with an everlasting love. Amen? Told them so many different things. So that is what this epistle is about. So today, as we talk about the value of faith, we're going to look in that epistle, the last chapter there, uh, to understand a little bit deeper what faith really is. But Hebrews chapter 11, as you will expect, Hebrews 11 verse 1, says faith is a confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Amen? Amen. So when I have faith, it's what my faith indicates is that what I'm hoping will happen will happen. God will not leave you hanging. Is somebody hearing me this morning? God will not leave you hanging. He said faith is is a confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. 
It gives us assurance about the things we cannot see. Let's say it in English. Faith is simply complete confidence and trust in a person or in a thing. Amen? If I ask a favor of you, right? Uh, say, uh, Ben, can you please uh, do X, Y, and Z? Right? And I need it by tomorrow. I go to sleep. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I hope Ben will do it. I hope Ben will come through. Why? Because I have faith in him. I am confident that Ben will deliver. You know why? Because he has delivered in the past. That is what faith simply is. Faith is having absolute confidence and trust in God that this thing God has said, he will do it. So when I read the Bible... I must read the scripture with this understanding. On Friday, I made us read the scriptures together. Because we read in Revelations chapter 1 verse 3, that blessed and happy and highly favored is the man that reads the words of this book of prophecy, the Bible. And he said also blessed is the one that hears it. So we said it's a double wham. So we read one blessing, we hear another blessing, so we get double blessing. When you read scripture, believe God. Hallelujah. God is not man. You know, really, Ben can fail me. You know that, right? And I can fail him too. As human beings, we are limited. Not because it doesn't want to deliver, but something happened. Maybe there's an urgent thing at work. They ask everybody to report, not remotely, but show up and show up now. You know, and then that took away time and he couldn't get to that thing. He will have a good reason, but not God. God is not man. I want you to look at your neighbor and preach to them. Say, God is not man. If men have failed you in the past, I can guarantee you and give you an assurance today, God will not fail you. I did. God will not fail you. He is God. He's big enough. And he's bad enough. He can do it all by himself. Hallelujah. Faith is an action word. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and verse 6, it says it is impossible to please God without faith. It means when I, when I claim that I have faith, like the example of Ben I gave earlier, it is because I have faith that I will go to bed peacefully, knowing that that thing is done. I'm not having to do backup, triple plan, and double plan, and uh, you know, quadruple plan, and uh, look at Austin, say, Austin, give Austin the same assignment I gave to Ben, and then after Austin, I look for... No, 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 no. Because I am confident that he will deliver. I go to sleep. And then the next day, what happens? I have an expectation. And then he meets that expectation and all is well. When you have faith in God, I want you to understand his complete trust and confidence in God's ability. My doubt is a question because I don't fully understand what God can do. 
Amen. I know uh, all of this might sound like gibberish for now, but we'll tie everything together in a bit. So faith, in, faith and action work together. They work together. It's kind of like uh, they say when preparation meets opportunity, it results in what? Success. You can't have one without the other. If you keep getting opportunities that you are not prepared for, it is never... In fact, if you manage to enter, they will kick the person out. Because you, have, you don't have the requisite knowledge. So, opportunity and preparation together is what is going to give good success. The same thing. Faith without works, the Bible says, is there. James chapter 2, verse 26. So, faith without works is there. So, there are different kinds of faith. Very quickly, I just, I'm, I'm just going to run through this. Uh, faith to be saved, right? You need faith for salvation. That's what the Bible talks about in Romans 3, 4, and 5. Helping us understand that salvation is not by my works. It's not by what I have done. It's based on what he has done. And God relates that to the belief, that, uh, uh, the, the confidence that Abraham had in God, and it was counted for him as righteousness. And in Romans chapter 10, 9, and 10, it tells us that we confess with our mouth, we believe in our heart, and that is how we're saved. That is faith. Uh, but uh, faith, on the other hand, is also faith to receive, faith to get. You believe that God will do this thing for me, and you have confidence in the ability of God to deliver unto you. Hallelujah. Sometimes it seems like it's taking time, but wait for it. Amen? Amen. Wait for it. Uh, right before I got married, that very year, <laughs> I was best man for like three people. <laughs> After the third one, I said, Lord, I am tired. <laughs> I don't want to do best man. I, I myself, I want to marry. You know, I prayed and prayed and prayed. There was no more. I, I said, Lord, I have prayed all the prayer I need to, I know to pray in this department. All I need is manifest. <laughs> Be laughing. <laughs> what I need right now is manifestation. And then all kinds of things were showing up. I'm like, ah, not like this one. Uh, mm -mm, uh, not like that. Uh, not, not like. Then this, this beauty showed up. Then I said, this now, this now, this now is the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. 21 years and counting to the glory of God. Okay, so watch this. Faith to receive. So by faith, I can receive healing. By faith, I can receive breakthrough. By faith, I can receive deliverance. By faith, I can receive promotion. By faith, I can move forward. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, I can advance in life. And then the scripture also tells us that there's little faith, O ye of little faith, and also tells us that there is no faith, and tells us also that there is great faith. So that tells us that there is levels of faith. Hallelujah. There is levels of faith. So very quickly, let's go to our text for today. 
First uh, John chapter five. I'm going to read from verse one through five. First John chapter five from one through five. Listen close. This is scripture now. It says, "Everyone who believes that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ, has become a child of God." The very foundation of faith is belief. Without belief, there is no faith. All right? So, you see, everyone that believes that Jesus is the Christ, they are children of God. So, how many people believe that Jesus is the Christ here? Okay, so it means you are a child of God. So, like, my daughter entered in the car and didn't, she didn't suck up to me. We all greeted, we hugged. She was not trying to be nice or anything. Daddy, can we go to McDonald's? She just went straight to the point. She just told me exactly what she wanted. She was not afraid of any reprisals. You know why? She's talking to her father. You are a child of God. You're a child of God. If you have believed that Jesus is the Christ, the Bible says you are a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. I'm not going to talk too much on this. I've, I've said this many times. Listen, it, is, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I know it sounds good when people say, oh, I, I love God, I love Jesus, but I don't like organized church. What you're saying is you don't like the children of God. And the Bible says, if you love the father, you must love his children. And we all are the children of God. It should never be heard that a believer, a Christian, says, I don't or I dislike or I hate another child of God. It should never be said. It says, and everyone who loves the father, loves his children too, verse 2, very quickly. He said, we know... We love God's children if we love God. It's just saying the same thing in reverse. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. That's not what we're talking about today, but we just advance from there. Love verse 3. He said, loving God means keeping his commandments. This is very direct, straight to the point. I want you to note it in your heart. Obedience to God's command is exactly what the love of God means. If I say I love God, but I'm doing everything contrary to God's heart desire, then there's something spurious about what I'm saying. Amen? Loving God means keeping his commands, and his commandments are not burdensome. Verse 4, for every child of God defeats the, this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. Verse 5, and who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So he's saying only Christians can overcome this world. Only believers. Only believers can overcome this world. Listen. He says, we have victory. Let's, can you show this in the King James? Real quick, verse 4. It says, thank you very much. Uh, 
Thank you. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What? What? Your faith is valuable. Your faith is the key to your victory in life. He says this is the, the victory that overcomes the world. And that is our faith. Victory over what? Victory over diseases and sicknesses. In Matthew chapter 8, you read from verse 5 to 10. We're not going to read everything. Uh, but if you read from 5 through 10, the Bible tells us the story of the centurion, a centurion who was not even a Jew, does not have access to the promises of Abraham. But somehow he heard about Jesus. He had confidence and trust in the ability of Jesus. He approached Jesus and said to Jesus that one of my servants is sick. Can you please heal him? Amen? Jesus said, yes, I will. Let's go to your house. The man said, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. You know, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. He said, just speak the word. Just speak the word and my servant will be okay. <laughs> Jesus said, I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel. Why? The guy said, I am a man under authority. I understand how authority works. I understand that if something, the word of a leader, if the leader speaks the word, the subordinates don't have to see him. Once they hear the command, they obey. The president is the commander-in-chief. When he gives an order, the soldiers in Afghanistan, they don't need to see the president to obey the command. The man said, I understand military strategy. You speak the word. Just speak the word. When you speak the word, all will be well. Do you know Jesus spoke the word? The Bible says in the very same hour, the servant was healed. Faith. Faith. The, the way that correlates to us today is some people, until you lay hands on them, you push them, they fall down, you know, then you, you bathe them with oil, and all. we believe, we are looking for symbols. We don't want to exercise faith. We don't want to, we are looking for symbols. Oh, pray over water, so I can drink the water. In fact, this is holy water, put it in the bathing thing, and then you bathe with the holy water. No. The word of God is active, is strong, it can accomplish its purpose without any symbol. Without any symbol. He says, speak the word. Speak the word. Do you know the, the word of God in your mouth is just as powerful? Amen. Yeah, Christ in me, the hope of glory. The word of God in your mouth is just as powerful. What is strong and powerful about the word of God is not who is saying it, but the word itself. 
First, uh, John chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So what you are declaring is God is not a person. Hallelujah. Remember the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, Luke 8, 43 to 48. That woman, <laughs> she didn't even ask Jesus' permission. Talk about faith. She said, I know this guy. I have heard about all the great and wonderful things he's done. And I believe those things to be true. Because I believe, he said, if I can just maneuver and touch the hem of his garment, I'll be all right. He's an anointed man of God. He's, the garment is, if I can just grab it. I don't need him to touch me. I don't need him to do anything. I will just go grab his garment and I'll be fine. What you may not know is if a woman has been bleeding for 12 years, she's anemic. They didn't have iron pills. They didn't have blood tonic. They didn't have none of that. She's shedding blood continuously for 12 She's She's anemic. I don't need any test to tell you that. She's anemic. She's anemic. And because she's anemic, she's weak. And the Bible says a multitude was around Jesus. Listen, the point I want to make to you there is your faith does not depend on the multitude. In the midst of the multitude, you must work out your own salvation. In the midst of it all. You know why? Because we are all under the same sky, but we have different horizons. Your perspective to life is different from my perspective. The way you see things is different from the way I see things. So when it comes to God, your faith, your own, your life, your life is in your own hands. It's not in anybody's hands. Can you believe God enough? Can you trust God enough? Can you hold on to God long enough? He will give you victory over failure. Think about uh, Peter and John in Luke chapter 5. You read from verse 1. The Bible says they fished all night and caught nothing. What a waste. What a disappointment. Professional fishermen. They were not using rented boats. It's their own boat. How do you think they were feeling? Fished all night, caught nothing. And you know, most of them back in the day, what they, what they, they fish, they uh, catch some fish, they sell those fish, then they go and buy food to take home. Now he's going to go home and tell stories. And Jesus came in the morning. Jesus said, you know what? Let's use your boat. That's a sermon for another day. He gave his boat, they used the boat. After Jesus was done preaching, he said, okay, launch to the deep. He said, master, don't go there. We, we've tried this thing. It didn't work. All night we were out here. We didn't catch. All the fish, they, they went to sleep on us. He said, but I thy word. That is faith. Faith acts without sin. Many of us, we want a perfect situation before we take a step. We don't want, to, every businessman will tell you, business is about risk. 
Of course, you do your due diligence. You try to make sure as much as possible things are in place. But you cannot have everything perfect before you start. There are certain risks you must take. Amen? For Peter, he was risking another hour or so of fishing. And he said, that's okay. At thy word, if you say it, I will do it. Throughout his net, the Bible says they caught so much that the net was breaking. Now, not only was he blessed, he's now a blessing. Because he's calling out to other folks. Say, we have overflow, overflow. Call other people. Two other boats came and they filled their boats with fish. Our faith will give us victory over failure in life. If you would just hang on long enough. If I would just trust God long enough. Look, one more step, one more day, one more punch, one more round. Just do one more. Just one more, one more, one more. Give it more. Many people give up at the edge of breakthrough. Do you know, like they say, that it is darkest when light is about to break through. When it's darkest is when light is coming through. And trust me, at that point, it is difficult to wait. It's easier to give up than to continue. But by faith, somebody say by faith. Somebody say by faith. By faith, God will see you through in the name of Jesus. You know, when I was ill, and I, I really thank God for the church, uh, particularly the ministers and the pastors. After a while, I just posted on our chat group. I said, let's just begin to thank God. Because God is not deaf. All these prayers you have prayed, he has heard. Let's act in faith, believing that he has heard us. Let's begin to thank him. Hallelujah. Have you prayed anything in the recent time? Or have you been asking about anything in particular in recent time? And it has not happened yet. Lift up your right hand to heaven and just begin to thank him. Say, Lord, I thank you. I give you glory. I thank you. It's coming through. He's coming through for you. Is coming through for you. I will rejoice with you. I will celebrate with you. God will make it happen for you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I said, let's just begin to thank God. Let's begin to thank God. And sure enough, hallelujah. Sure enough, the Lord came through. It was like night and day. By the next day, Pastor Bode called me. I told him, I said, I feel great. He said, yes, Pastor. I said, I feel great. I feel great. No medication. I feel great. There is power in thanksgiving. In fact, you, how can you thank someone for what they have not given you? So when you begin to give thanks, what you are saying is, even though I don't have it, I know I got it. I may not physically have it I may not physically own it 
but I know by God, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. First Chronicles 2020, chapter 20. The Bible says, after they had prayed, they went to God in prayer. Three nations against one nation. They went to God in prayer. After they were done praying, a prophet came and prophesied that this battle is the Lord's. You will not need to fight, whatever, whatever. Guess what the king said? He said, we are going to this battle singing. I've had many people preach and say that God told them to go with the singers. For, God didn't tell them any such thing. Go, go and read the Bible. He didn't tell them any such thing. Haven't prayed. And the prophecy came that this battle is a settled matter. The king decided that, you know what? If God already answered our prayers, why are we sending the warriors in front? Let the singers go before us and let them begin to sing. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And that's how they went into battle. They went into battle rejoicing. And guess what? God came through for them. I say, God will come through for you. God will come through for you. In the name of Jesus. We're going to stop there. Please rise to your feet. Hallelujah. Has God spoken to anybody this morning? God spoke to you. If God has spoken to you, say, Father, I receive your word. I receive it. I receive it. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.